0: Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista
1: Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to
0: Better Etc. With my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hi, everybody. It's Trista. I am so thrilled to share with you the conversation I had with Ryan Haddon. She is a certified life and spiritual coach. She's a hypnotherapist, and you will believe that more so when you hear her because she has an incredibly soothing and calm voice. She's a speaker and a meditation teacher. She's a mom of four, and she is the in house life coach at Push, which is Kourtney Kardashian's lifestyle website. She's written over 50 articles on push and is a frequent guest on podcasts and now i get to add mine to the list which is such a huge honor all of the media i found in preparation for this chat drew me in more and more to all that ryan is and all that she has to share and i of course love her name we get into what she calls the relationship triumvirate and how to support each of its three parts we talk about triggers and anger and betrayal and the cumulative And simple and powerful steps you can take to shift your mindset to positively affect each day and the rest of your life. As always, please subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. And please give us a five stars so we can reach more and more people and build a community around bettering ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Welcome, Ryan Haddon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having
1: me. It's great to be here.
0: It's great to have you. And I have to say, listening to any podcasts or interviews that you've done in, in my prep work, you have such an amazingly calm voice. I'm just <laughs> drawn to it and I'm thinking, okay, I need to take some tips from Ryan <laughs> on how to Thank you. calm my voice. And it's just so soothing. So
1: Thank you. you I'm sure it comes in handy. I'm a hypnotherapist, so voice is the tool, right? (laughs) And meditation. So I think I'm in the right field. I
0: I would say so, 100%. Okay, so before we get into your, because I like to start with how people got started in their chosen fields or their area of expertise. But before we get into your story and background, I'm wondering if you could... Explain the difference between life coaches and traditional, like Western medicine therapy. You know, I've had a lot of guests on here who are life coaches, and I swear that every single one of them talks about the benefits of therapy. And Mm -hmm. so uh, my mind is, you know, in looking at your bio and knowing that you've been a life coach for so long, how long has it been? 16 years?
1: It was more in counseling before and then life coaching probably in the last five. Yeah. Got
0: it. So can you talk to me about the difference and what the benefits are to both?
1: Well, therapy is incredible because you you really go into the past, you figure out childhood issues that might be taking place in your present time. There's there's no replacement for that. Mm-hmm. That's very special and unique. And so if you're finding that you're bumping up against, you know, traumas from childhood or unworked relationships from your past that are sort of tripping you up in your present, absolutely go to a therapist and how a life coach comes in is really about designing your life where you're at now what's Mm -hmm. getting in the way moving forward where do you want to go and then sort of shortening that distance between the version of you that's here and the version that's in the future that you know you want to call in and you might be not quite knowing how to do that it could be in a relationship and it could be in purpose it could be in work it could be in abundance it could be a lot of different pockets of knowing there's something there's another way to develop And that's where a life coach comes in. Yeah. It's helping you come to your own answers, helping you figure out, clearing away the noise between those voices of self-doubt and really aligning you to your highest, your highest version of yourself.
0: Great. That was a great answer and clears (laughs) it up for me. You know, I had a minor in psychology, so I knew a little bit about Mm -hmm. therapy and I'm, I have, I've just drawn to life coaches for some reason. I think that you all have such great wisdom and are as I mentioned, so calming and I don't know, I just feel like I'm drawn to life coaches. So I've just always, I wanted to get some clarification on that moving Mm. forward. So thank you. Okay. So now I'd like to go into your story and your background. Can you share with us what led you to work in this space and kind of your path in getting to where you are today?
1: Well, I've had a lot of people show up for me on my path. So I've always... There's always been someone, some mentor, some therapist, someone who's been a light bearer, if you will, who sort of said, try this. Think, what about looking at it this way? What about, you know, or hold up the mirror, looking at my thinking where it's been flawed or where I've tripped myself up. So I'm, I've am i always had a lot of reverence mm-hmm. for those people along littered along my path for many years. And I, myself, living in Los Angeles, you know, that can be a town that can really, bring out the best or bring out the worst. Yeah. And you can get caught up in a lot of the the shiny things, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I did that. That happened to me probably almost 20 years ago now. So I definitely found myself on the darker side of things and in a marriage that was fraught. And I picked up tools for coping that aren't necessarily the best or the, the really showed you know, some thinking that I had an inability to cope with life on life's terms. And from that place, I had to rebuild myself. And I found a way of managing my life. I found a way of working with therapists. I found a hypnotherapist. So I'm a big believer in the subconscious and working with that. I found a recovery program that helped me at that time and mm-hmm. still is in my wheelhouse. And so all of those things, when you have to pick them up under duress, like that in a dark night of the soul, you grab on in a different way. It's not a luxury. It's not, you know, I want to add to my life. it's 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 a necessity to be able to function and rebuild. And so I had to grab on in that way. So it creates a surrender. It creates a willingness to try something new. So those mm-hmm. are the blessings. And the right people showed up at the right time, and sort of, again, Pointed the way to another way of being and living and showing up as a wife, as a mother, as a woman in the world. And I'm just so very grateful for that. And I think because of that gratitude, it's almost like my purpose got revealed, Mm -hmm. that that's how I wanted to show up in other people's lives. And so I added in these modalities. I've always been a meditator. i had lived in India, and um, I had meditated in all these elevated places, but I couldn't quite make meditation work for me in a day-to-day way. And so When I started using meditation in that way and finding teachers that could instruct me to quiet the mind and drop into stillness and connect to that place within me that's infinite um, and shut out the noise of the world, when I could find that refuge, meditation became sort of like brushing my teeth. It became something that was a necessity to function and function well. Mm -hmm. And so I learned how to become a meditation teacher and the same with hypnosis and then life coaching. So that's sort of the short of it.
0: I, I mean, it's a great story. I would love for you to talk about how you got to India. So I mm. heard the story on Nick's podcast and I just thought, wow, she's incredibly brave to be able to take that on. So anyway, I'd love for you to share with my listeners how you got to India.
1: I don't know if I was incredibly brave. My, my father had passed away and in his death, it was a blessing in that I started questioning life. What are we here? What are we doing? Everyone has that moment in their story where you just have an awakening, if you will. Mm. Like, what is this all about? And so I was at the tender age of 15 and 16. And then at 17, a meditation teacher came on the screen. I think when you have a call out to to the universe or to something greater or powers beyond our understanding, an answer rolls out. And so it came in the form of this meditation teacher And she uh, instructed me in meditation and asked if I wanted to, I still had a year of high school left and asked if I wanted to travel and help facilitate these programs so other people could learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. And so we sort of traveled the world and our home base was in India and I finished my uh, GED in India and I then subsequently took my SATs there as well. So I was there for a few years and then headed back to the world (laughs) after that. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, I've
0: always been a lover of travel, so.
1: Oh, is yeah. India is, oh. India is incredible. It really is such a, it's an assault on the senses, India. Mm. When, you, when you first touch down, it's just the noises and the smells and the sights and the it's incredibly rich.
0: Oh, I want to get there so bad. I mean, I really want to get anywhere at this point. <laughs> yeah, not as everybody. <laughs> I would love to get to India. It just, oh, yeah, it's
1: uh, worth, worth visiting.
0: Oh, so amazing. Okay, so I found this quote on one of your articles with Poosh, and it says, "Uh, Relationships are what endure, and they have the capacity to hold us steady when the boat of life rocks around us. Oh, I just, I I love quotes. So, love that, Pulled that away, because I think it kind of describes what we're getting into, and that's uh, the three biggest relationships of your life. So, can you talk about what the relationship triumvirate is?
1: The, I mean, it's, it's not groundbreaking. Here's the deal. It's, (laughs) it's, we're all in, we're all in partnerships, whether we like it or not. And they're all sacred places where we can grow and learn, right? The trick Mm -hmm. is to know that we are the constant in all of them, right? So that is the most important relationship. So this is a course that I developed called the relationship triumvirate. And the first few weeks of it, we work on what's your relationship to yourself like? So that is the first one. And how are you speaking to yourself? How are you valuing yourself? How do you show up for yourself? What's in the way? How are you you know, allowing your character flaws to run point in your life? Where is there a lack of awareness, a lack of consciousness? So that that is the first thing. And then how are you growing out that relationship to you on a daily basis? So it's creating that lens through which we value that relationship as our primary, most important, most valued, most treasured, right? Because Trista, here's the deal. Husbands come, and go. Mm. <laughs> husbands come and go. Children grow up. Like right. if we are the constant, we take ourselves wherever. So when we can start to grow out this this vision of ourselves being at the helm of everything and running through a filter of self love. And that's become a catchphrase. What does that mean? It means that wherever I go, however I show up in my life, I'm looking through this lens of what's in the highest good for me, not in a selfish way, mm-hmm. but in when I serve myself, when I give from overflow, I'm able to in turn truly give from a place of not people-pleasing, not trying to get my needs met, not trying to get my wants and demands and throwing tantrums, why, who, why can't you be this for me? Mm-hmm. You know, It's really saying I need to be self-sufficient and then I can give from a place and share with another from that place mm-hmm. of wholeness. So I think we all know that. But it's again putting that as the most paramount relationship of all. Okay, mm,
0: yeah.
1: And then in our culture, a lot of it is the you complete me, right? I'm looking for my other half, Jerry Maguire.
0: Yes. Okay. You
1: completely. Yes. Oh my I gosh. I mean, that's a yes. great scene. It's an adorable scene. And it's a great scene. And in in his case, I get why he felt that he needed her to help. Him be grounded, yeah. But then, in turn, you hope when they flash forward in the years later, hopefully, she has transferred some of that to him so that he can learn to self-soothe, yeah, (laughs) right, for himself. But he doesn't (laughs) need to lean out to her. You know, of course, we pull in our mirror in our relationships of what we're lacking. You know, so we tend to pick a partner who has qualities and skills that we want to gain more of. And when you're in partnership over a long period of time, you start to see that transference happening if you're both growing Mm. in alignment. Right, So you're each picking up those parts that you were seeking in your partner. So next comes we're, we're morphing right into that is the relationship to other. Mm-hmm. So in this course, we're more talking about it being intimate, but it's really every, everyone, how do you show up and how do you demand that others be what you're unwilling to be for yourself, right? And what does a sacred partnership look like? I talk about a lot about you know this triangle. And at the mm-hmm. base of the triangle, both partners are getting their needs and wants met outside of the relationship. And then they're directing that that um, excitement, that joy, that purpose, that sense of stability to the relationship itself instead of to each other, you know? Yeah. And so it's this idea that that's going upwards, of course, it's up. So we're pointing to something greater, right? We're pointing this upward idea of elevation, that we're bringing our best selves to the relationship you know someone said something and it's kind of gross but everyone uh, connects to it that we don't shit where we eat yeah. you know we're our best selves and that's just not a concept usually we have this mask that we wear out in the world and then behind closed doors we dump on each other or we're un- we're disrespectful or we're not look- looking for ways to express gratitude or looking for ways to heighten and elevate our partner
0: mm-hmm. behind closed
1: doors so that's a that's kind of a paradigm shift for a lot of people so we want to bring our best selves to the relationship. It's not that we can't, you know, have moments of weakness or moments where we're, you know, we need our partner to hold us up, but it's is that a constant? Is that what you rely on, you know, in your partnership? Right. You, yeah. Are you leaning on them? And then where are they getting self-esteem? Because you're leaning on them because they're unwilling to do the work themselves to, to create their own self-esteem rather than being that person that holds you up. So that's where you know words like codependence and things like that enter in. Mm-hmm. And then the next relationship, which really could be the first relationship, but we'll, we'll leave it to the third, is, is relationship to something greater. Mm-hmm. And it's how you define that. And it could be love itself. It could be the partnership itself. But oftentimes what I connect to is the divine, yeah. the divine that lives within you, right? Closer than my hands and feet. That part of you that is infinite, that is wise, your higher self. It could be God. It could be source, whatever you name it. Mm-hmm. Like again, it's something that's outside of the limitation of the ego and the personality. So, and it's developing that relationship with that. How are you creating sacred space to um, connect to that part of you that is beyond, you know, this human body, right? Right. If you will. So everyone has a different definition for what that means.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you for that explanation. That makes complete sense. And I know that, you know, you said it's not groundbreaking, but I kind of feel like it is because you're you're telling everyone what the basics are and that they need to actually focus on self and it isn't just about you know relationships are huge to me what gives me the greatest happiness in life mm-hmm. is human connection and so you know i think i focus mainly on number 2 and and those relationships with other people but it is so important you're so right to focus just as much if not more on the self and then the spiritual aspect of it. So, yeah, I I kind of think it is green, groundbreaking. <laughs>
1: oh I think it's just also it's knowing that when they can be in balance, you know, and putting mm-hmm. as much energy towards all three is going to create more cohesion with relationship with others.
0: Yes. You know, it really yes. is.
1: So, Hey,
0: guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And now back to the show. So when it comes to our relationships with ourselves, it seems that so many people are becoming aware nowadays, thankfully, I think because of life coaches like you and just the media, I feel like mainstream media is, is kind of latching on to this concept even more. But people are becoming more aware of how just how important it is to focus on developing a really high level of self-awareness and acceptance. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you find people struggle with when it comes to that component of the relationship triumvirate?
1: I think it's one of the big aha moments people have is really understanding that, that their relationship with themselves and being responsible for their own happiness, for their own sense of fulfillment outside of the relationship can actually create a better relationship, Mm -hmm. right? That sort of goes at odds. Like if I put all my energy into this person, then it's going to work out. But it's, it's really knowing that, that Like I said before, all relationships are transient, and you are the constant. And so how are you integrating all the learnings that you're having in the relationship if you're not putting that as the primary focus is your evolution Mm
0: -hmm. within it? Yeah.
1: Right? And so, a lot of times, I'll have clients come through and they're like, Can you help me leave my husband? You know, Mm -hmm. can you, how do I do this? How do I get to this resolution? And I'm like, Wait, hang on a second. How are you showing up in the relationship? Let's see if we can move one variable around of how you're showing up, what your expectations are. And if we can get that in balance and we can get you building some full life out there, that might not be necessary. And let's just wait and see. And I'd say more times than not, them showing up in a different way for themselves creates more balance and equity within the relationship and they actually stay. So that I find is, and and when they do, and some that do leave, they leave with that conscious uncoupling notion. They're not leaving as a reactivity to the relationship. They're leaving because they've taken a full inventory of who they are, how their partner's growing alongside them. And they say, I think there's something else. And they, they feel, they don't feel guilt, shame, grief, they feel absolute completion. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's just as much value in staying and in leaving if you have done that work within it to know what's the next highest thing for both of you. Mm-hmm. And you can't know that if you're in reactivity all the time, if you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result with your partner, yeah. right? So we can't change your partner. That's another thing that people go like, oh my God, the, the empowerment of that, I cannot change that person. I can only focus on what I can bring to the relationship, and then I get to see how things sift. When I change one little piece of that equation, it's a law of physics. Everything has to recalibrate around one mm-hmm. shift.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we can apply that to relationships also. Yeah. So take the focus off of them. Take the focus off of what they're not doing, how they're not doing things right. This is how we leak you know, ourselves, because then we expect, again, this person to show up in a different way. it's because it's a it's a mechanism so that we don't make those changes within ourselves first and then see you know
0: so how can we make those changes besides obviously calling you (gasps) (laughs) but how can we make those changes and become more I guess self-aware and
1: and accepting of who we are how can we do that I think if you can, the first thing, just say, I'm responsible for myself. I'm Mm -hmm. responsible for my emotional life. If that becomes a way of being, you're going to start to notice where you are asking them to be something else. You're going to start to take responsibility for all the needs that you need to get met in your own life. Where can you grow out your life so you can have a big, beautiful life outside of your partner and then share from that place, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if that was the first lens that you... Pull, to, pull all your tentacles away from them. All those things that you've got, those yeah. little sticky suctions on your partner. Just <laughs> unsuck all of those and come back to me and say, what do I need? How can I take care of myself instead of asking them to do it? Start with that. And then just start to see how that, get curious. And that's another thing that's important. It's not to have contractions. About, oh my God, I'm doing that again. It's to get curious. Oh, wow, look look at me doing that. So it's about, it's about raising awareness. Look how I'm getting angry. Mm. Because they're doing this instead of saying, you make me so angry. See, why am I getting angry? Why am I getting triggered right now? Because they're doing that thing again. So it's bringing that curiosity to it. Because again, your relationship to you, you start to get curious. Wow, how am I responding to this instead of reacting all the time, right? So that curiosity will serve you really well. And it'll take you down these triggers or flags on the field. And they really show us where we're not free, right? They're there for us. And that's when you start to see that your partner is in collusion with you to help you grow yourself out into a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you can start to bow down and say, thank you so much for showing me all my limitations. Right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, honey, because you're amazing. You're helping me grow instead of like, they're doing this wrong. Instead of saying, wow, look, that's where we, that's what look, taking responsibility looks like on the ground mm-hmm. is thank you for showing me where I'm getting, you know, my knickers in a twist around this because this is about me it's about my perception of things that's not to say that we can't come to our partner and say you know what when you do this i feel this can we change mm-hmm. this like that's what i'm th- that's how we show up in a mature way of course we're going to highlight things and speak our truth yeah. and say and we're not doormats you know mm-hmm. we're not just allowing and allowing and allowing but it's like how can i do both of those at the same time yeah. is really getting in conversation with myself and
0: mm. in, in that push article i mentioned where i pulled out the quote you talk about how you can create an inner climate that's safe and supportive once you learn how to speak to yourself with kindness mm-hmm. and compassion. Can you share some tips on how we can speak to ourselves in that way, especially when you're like me and you struggle with that inner voice, I, mm-hmm. I call them the demons, you know? What are your tips on how we can speak to ourselves in a compassionate and kind way?
1: I think it's all, it's knowing that we have these automatic responses to things, reactions to things. And then we have these tapes that get played. Really, this all enter into the subconscious. So we have the subconscious mind and a conscious mind. The subconscious mind just plays these tapes over and over again. It just regurgitates, like, enter this, cue this, cue the tape. You know, I'm not enough. It's usually I'm not enough. Pretty much everything can be boiled down to I'm not enough. So we'll find different ways of saying that but it's, it, I'm not worthy. It's like all those things are here. I do this again. I always do this. I always, so it's the first thing would be awareness of what that void, that tape is, that recurring, you know, spend two weeks. Take, give yourself two weeks of consciously just observing. Again, that curiosity, mm-hmm. observing. What do I say when I when I make a mistake? What happens when I have a disappointment? Do I turn that lens on myself? What are those phrases that I continually say that are automatic? Those are your subconscious thoughts and beliefs about yourself mm-hmm. make a note of them, write them down in a journal take a look at them now, now you've created some awareness around them right mm-hmm. instead of them just being automatic and that's the first that's always the first thing is we bring in some awareness and then start to wedge in when those uh, emotional moments happen a different thought and it's and this is tiring mental work you I'm not getting like no life coach can fix this for you. this mm-hmm. is what a life coach, worth her weight in salt or his weight in salt is going to highlight for you. Notice those moments on the ground. And that's why affirmations don't work because if you're just saying them in the morning, I am great. Life is good. Things are great. You know, abundance flows. (laughs) It it doesn't, it works on the ground in the moment when you're under duress and the subconscious opens the floodgates. Mm -hmm. It's in those moments that you can, if you've already raised awareness, you're going to know. Oh. This is going to get flagged for me. Every time someone criticizes me, every time I make a mistake, every time someone doesn't do what I want them to do, these phrases are going to pop up. I'm not lovable. I'm not Mm. worth it. Like these are everybody's phrases, pretty much friends. Yeah. So when when you've created that awareness and then when it happens in the moment, notice the thought's going to come. Okay, here's the disappointment. And then say something else. You know, I'm trying really hard Mm. or this is going to work itself out. I'm always taken care of, and then enter in relationship to something greater. God's got a plan for me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. he didn't It didn't bring me this far to drop me. Right. You know the universe is loving and benevolent. It's so whatever those phrases I'm saying these things. See, those phrases for me have alchemical shifts. And when I say them, my body just absolutely relaxes and remembers. everything always works, it works out, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm looking out for myself. I'm loving myself in this moment like that. Those those are those moments and those phrases now that, you know, when your triggers are and you know what those old phrases are that give you the same result over and over and over again of lack. You start moving in that field of abundance, that frequency of abundance and love.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I so need this advice, especially with all that's going on in the world and covid and I mean, Yes. Luckily, we my kids are 11 and 13, and they get to actually go to school. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot more me time and can get the things done that I need to get done without having to worry that I need to be giving them what they need, you know, in yes. their day. Yes. So, it helps a lot. But yes. yeah, it's a crazy world we're living in. So, I think this is so important: just being curious and writing things down of of your triggers and how you get triggered and when you get triggered and changing the brain chemistry. By use and your subconscious by using or by thinking about those new words.
1: Mm-hmm. Figure out what those new phrases
0: are that give you relief. Yeah, and give you grace. Yes. I think that grace is so important, especially for moms out there, to just give yourself some grace because you said it. You said one of the things that you could help yourself with is saying, I, I'm trying my best. You know, I'm trying. I'm doing what I can do in this moment. So I think that a lot of times... We, as moms, or just as humans, we don't give ourselves enough grace that we are human Mm -hmm. and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to get triggered by whatever has happened in our past or our values Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of that. So just reminding yourself that you're human and it's okay and it's going to be okay.
1: Yeah. And a really great one I find for the perfectionist intolerance is. Me, me, um, me. (laughs) See, that's worked really well for you in certain areas. Like, it's not a bad thing because it's worked. It's made you, you know, thorough. And so it's looking at it that way. It's not a character flaw. That's the flip side is when it gets, has like an aberration of it. So the thing that you would say is an antidote to that, almost like a prescription is I love and accept myself completely as I am right now. Mm -hmm. Let that be a mantra. I love and accept myself completely as I am right now. And it's like your whole body goes, yes, I do. I oh. do exercise it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I want to do, and like I'm getting teary. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Just one little phrase like that can completely change
1: your day. And it will change the quality of your life. Yes. That's the thing. It's cumulative. If you keep doing that, you shift the neural pathways of your brain that want to go negative, mm-hmm. that repeat those old phrases. The subconscious dumps those things. If you do this over and over, that becomes your new reality. And I'm telling you, it starts with your thinking. And then your life around you shifts and calibrates in accordance to this belief system you have about yourself. This is what growing your self-esteem looks like. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, for sure. It's, it's moving into tolerance. It's moving into self-love. It's moving into acceptance of things as they are. Mm. It's ceasing fighting reality. And we waste so much time. Like, it should be this way. It should be that way. Why mm. can't they do like This is... But that's why we're wasting time, because we're unwilling to take responsibility for things for ourselves and our ability to meet the world where it's at. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this great phrase called radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we rail against reality. It shouldn't be like this. Like I said before, that whole inner conversation. And instead, we can say it is this way. I accept it as it is right now. It will change because this is the nature of things. Mm -hmm. But for right now, how can I adapt to what is? so that i can move into a space of a different frequency.
0: Hmm. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And now, back to the conversation. So, how does hypnosis play into that? I know you're you're a hypnotherapist. How do you use hypnosis to help people with these voices and these struggles?
1: Because i think we have upwards of 30,000 thoughts a day. It's mm-hmm. really hard to get a handle on all the subconscious You know, phrasing. We have. I gave you some exercises to do, and people that can work on on their own. But it is helpful to go into with a hypnotherapist. There's other ways to do it. It's not. It's not the only way. It's one modality where we laser in together. What is? What is? How does your subconscious trip you up? And then a a hypnotherapist will put you through a um, an induction. Will put you into this space. It feels like meditation, like a guided meditation into this theta brainwave state. That's very relaxing and then from there upload new ideas around love abundance wherever you're finding yourself per- constantly you know bumping up against a wall mm-hmm. so it's like it feels like a guided meditation with your words what you want your life to look and feel like going forward so it feels just like this little buoy that supports you underneath and all of a sudden in your life you'll start noticing wow i'm really not as reactive as i once was wow i really I'm really okay with how the things are unfolding right now. It's very subtle and sometimes not because it works great for phobias and addictions and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things, Mm -hmm. but I really love it for trying to shift mindset. I want to do it right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, sign me up.
1: We can, Um. we can.
0: absolutely. Okay. So I'd like to touch on the triggers aspect and how you can maintain that intercom when you're triggered from either internal or external triggers. Can you share some of the techniques that, that people can use in dealing with the stress and anxiety that we get
1: from triggers? Okay. I don't think we can control triggers. I think it's, it's fair to say that this is like one more thing that we think we can jimmy out of, you know, like, I'll just, you know, make it, flatten that trigger. You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. think we can, I think we can work with our triggers and I think we can look at them as friends. That's another paradigm shift that I said before they're flags on the field. They're really trying to point to places where we still have growth that has to happen. So if we can start to shift that paradigm of like, oh, these wretched triggers instead of no, they're, they're pointing to places where we're not healed. Mm. Right. So we're like, "Hey old friend, come on in, pull up a chair. What have you got to say?" You know? <laughs> right. Well, so it's, them. yes, to welcome them and to assume that they're there to help us evolve, right? So if that becomes the new lens through which we're viewing a trigger, then when one happens, we can start breathing and getting in touch with it instead of thinking that the solution is in reacting to it, we can start to bring this peace around it like, oh, "Okay, what's going on for me?" What's happening? Mm -hmm. What does this feel like? How does this, how come this is so familiar? And you can maybe trace it back to where this might have began or some part from your childhood or some part, some voice, some part that's intolerant of what's going on. And if it's anger, maybe it's because you don't have places where you can express your anger, you know? So it's not trying to make it different than what it is. It's moving into acceptance that it's here and how can I align with it? Mm -hmm. So one of the ways there's lots of tools to do that. One of the ways I love is um, emotional freedom technique. Tapping is a really great way to do mm-hmm. it. And it's, you know, tapping is melding Chinese acupressure. And so you're touching on certain points in your body. There's nine points. And then you're repeating the phrases of what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So I'm really angry right now. God, why does this person keep doing that? Every time they do that, I just want to lose my shit. Like, you know, so you're just, you, you're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And I love that for women because we're not supposed to be angry. Beep, beep. I'm doing right. air quotes for those yes. that are listening. I'm doing air quotes right now. We we're absolutely allowed to have our anger. There's a place for it. But we want it to be constructive and we don't want to turn it onto ourselves, which is what we often do. And it shows up in different parts of our lives. And then, you know, we, there's, then people call us our, like raging bitch, all kinds of things yes. that are just making it not acceptable. It's absolutely acceptable. It has a place. It's an emotion like all others. And I love how tapping can help us own it. It's one mm. way. Write. Write all that anger. Get it out. Sometimes I write. I have my clients write out to exhaustion. Just like, mm. rah, just all of it. Don't censor it. Don't be spiritual. Don't, be, don't do a spiritual bypass. Like, I yeah. should feel this way. It should look like this. Nice girls do this. Spiritual women do that. Like, we have to feel the whole range of everything, but we have to have places to do it. Mm. So I'm a big proponent for when you feel a trigger. I used exam- an example of anger, but when you when you feel the trigger, just let it be, observe it. But know that it's not about something out there necessarily that needs to get brought into focus, but it's about something that's going on for you. And so we want to deep dive into that. Mm-hmm. Once it teaches you its lesson, yeah. once it, you, you're willing to look at it and sit with it and be with it, it goes away, the trigger goes away.
0: Oh, I so want that. You know, it's interesting that you said Sometimes we don't have a place to express our anger. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, just thinking about my life and a lot of my friends' lives, you know, you have to be on all the time. You have to be this proper mom. You, ha- you can't show your anger in your relationships. You know, my parents are divorced. They were divorced when I was in fifth grade. And I always worry that if I get angry or we fight or whatever, that we're going to get divorced just because that's my, that's my trigger. That's my, right. oh, no. Oh, no, if if there's any kind of disagreement, then we could be heading towards divorce. I just I go mm-hmm, extreme, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And so often I have realized that maybe and, and you saying that we don't have a place for our anger and to express it. I oftentimes have a lot of road rage and I mm-hmm. have it when no one else is in the car. Right. So I feel like that is my way. That's my place. Of expressing my anger because I get so frustrated with the drivers who are going too slow or the drivers who are, don't know how to go on a roundabout or whatever. And so I just let it out in the car and scream or whatever at someone who hopefully I don't, hopefully they don't see me screaming at them. So is there a way to find like a, I know the tapping, I, I love, I love that, that that is actually something that can help us, like a physical thing that we can do. But is there, Is there somewhere better that I should be expressing my anger? Or, you know, is there a place do you recommend besides and you said the writing too? Like maybe I should try that. It can also be just in the
1: moment. In the moment, it's it's just saying I'm angry. It's just saying that I'm angry. And I think it's also like just saying, I feel really angry right now. And you can say that to your partner. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel really angry right now. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and self-soothe. I'm gonna go, I'll get back to you on this instead of like in your case, maybe you're not. You know, there's something to be said about showing our kids how we can have disagreements and we yes. can fight fair yes. with our partners. Like it's okay that it can get repaired, and you know, obviously we want to keep it respectful, and yeah. that's you know, <laughs> part of the, that part of it. But I think it's okay to voices to get a little elevated. It's okay, like obviously you have some trauma around that from your childhood, so that makes sense that you're going to proceed with caution. Going forward, and you want to insulate your children from going through what you went through. And sometimes we overcorrect, right? I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm just saying sometimes yeah. I know I have. You know, I've had two sets of children from two different marriages. And so I'm doing things largely differently. I have teen, grown kids, and then I have toddlers still almost. Mm-hmm. I and mean, she's six. So it's like I'm doing things differently, right? And I'm sure I'm overcorrecting from what I've done. It's just the nature of us trying to make it right. Yeah. I think if you can find ways to acknowledge your anger in the moment, instead of brushing over it, instead of being fearful of what was in the past that is not true for this now moment, you and your husband are bound together in this now moment. You choose each other. It's real and true. But you're going to, with eyes wide open, you're going to have disagreements. You're not going to see things the same way. And you're going to get triggered and like your childhood's going to come up for healing. So yeah. I think knowing that part of things and that that's a fair equation of what of what long-term love looks like. Yes. You know, versus the flush of new t- togetherness. Like you know, I'm going to show you my stuff, you're going to show me yours and we're going <laughs> to work on each other. That's truly what a partnership looks like. And it's going to get messy, but I promise you, I'm going to keep showing up with devotion to myself and with devotion to you. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold up the mirror as lovingly as I possibly can, but I'm going to get triggered and I'm going to get activated. And I accept that. So I think that's the part where when that happens or there's that anger is to say it, to acknowledge it, you know, this is making me really angry Mm -hmm. and then see what feels good. Like I also tell people to go and go yell in the pillow, get it out of your body, Mm -hmm. get that Feeling out of your body you know there's some um, when you go into rehabs or different places where they unpack childhood trauma they have this thing called the bataka you know it's like a something a baton of sorts and you yeah. would bang your pillow with it so you go into your meditation room you go into your space and just bang your pillow and just keep saying i'm so angry i'm so angry you don't always have to know why you don't always mm-hmm. have to know all the just feel the energy move through your body, it's, it's, it's a creative energy. It doesn't have to be a destructive energy and it can allow when you let it move through you can, you can create space for other things. But the problem is, is that we push it down, push it down, push it down. It's the part of us that we disown and it goes into the shadow and it's the part of us that we disown. And then we wear a mask. I'm so happy and I'm so peaceful and I'm so, and you see a lot of people in the spiritual world have that like no i'm everything i own all parts of myself this is the way through it's not in denying my anger my um arrogance Mm -hmm. my all those you know my entitlement all these parts that we don't want the world to see we have to take off these friggin masks that we Mm -hmm. wear a good mom looks like and what a spiritual person looks like and a good wife these are just these keep us bound in chains and accept all of our parts and then assimilate them notice them Oh, look at me being entitled! I really wow. Okay, you know, <laughs> Yes. Like I think that's the friendship piece that comes in with ourselves. You know,
0: mm-hmm. treat yourself like you do your friends. That's so yeah, that's so wise. You your
1: friend, you're sitting there. You're like, oh, honey, there's your thing again. It's showing up again. It's okay, <laughs> right? Because you don't you don't fault. You know her. You accept her as she is. Yes, and you know this is going to trigger her thing. She's going to get activated when her husband says that, and you're like, oh my god. Of course you are. It's okay. Yes. You Yes. Know? You just hold space for her. Oh, yes.
0: Now I want to picture my my friend Aaron's uh, word as the fearful friend. Now I want it to be the, like, faithful friend. And, oh, you know, that. have, like, the fearful friend and the faithful friend, like the angel and the demon, you know, on your shoulder. I want the faithful friend to be in my in my ear saying... Oh, honey, <laughs> just like you were saying, I want to channel you whenever <laughs> I'm having an issue with anything, my kids, my parents, my husband, I'm just going to channel you and use all of these great, great tips. Thank you so much. And the
1: fearful friend, the fear is just, it's not, an, it's not hate. The opposite of fear is in hate. It's, it's love. Because mm-hmm. fear is not knowing that you're loved, that it's going to be okay, right? That you're safe. Yeah. So it's like if you can curate that voice that can deliver that for you, then the fearful friend kind of just ha- can go away. There's no more use for that. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's just remembering the antidote to fear is love. Oh, yes, it is.
0: Hallelujah. For those who have been betrayed who are listening, mm. and that and that includes me, I I was cheated on by a boyfriend. I mean, I I saw actually... Proof of his betrayal. And I believed him, which I think makes the betrayal even harder because I didn't trust my gut. And Mm. so, anyway, I've been betrayed. And so, I would love to know that, you know, it can be extremely hard to trust for people who have been betrayed. So, I'd love for you to talk about how we can trust others if we've been betrayed. What kind of steps can we take in order to cancel out that betrayal? and reach fulfilling relationships with others?
1: I don't know that we can cancel out any part of our history, but we can fold it in, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for those of us adventurous souls that have ventured into relationships where the partner has done that, I think we always have the opportunity to to either close down and pull away from love and hold something and not show up fully. Mm -hmm. We have that choice. Or we can say, yes, this happens. And I'm choosing to do it again and have absolute faith that I'll be taken care of in some way. And the truth is, is that there are no guarantees. You can be in a relationship long term and you fall out of love. And, you know, it's just there, there's nothing you can be married. And it's just, we don't only, we don't all evolve at the same rates of growth. And that's just that it's a chance. Everyone takes a chance when you open your heart. Mm-hmm. And the alternative to not doing that is not living a life well lived, right? is not fully mm-hmm. inhabiting the heart space. and that's that's pain. that's 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 a choice. So I think it's knowing that everyone has this in part of their their story, some version of that, and that we are absolutely responsible for how we show up in our lives despite that betrayal. Yes, and that's on us. So do the healing, sit with it, give yourself proper time. To be fully in that betrayal, to be fully to fit all the stages of grief around that, of disbelief, of trust that's breached and not putting a spiritual blanket over it. Or I'm just going to love again. It's all going to work out. No, you be fully in it and allow it to be there and then take steps going forward to maybe trust your instinct in a different way. Like what are the takeaways from that? It doesn't put a whole blanket over all love. Not everybody shows up that way, okay. but take the learnings and then show up with your full self the next time around if you can and then notice where you're holding back notice where you're not showing up fully notice where you're talking telling a narrative under the surface of things right notice mm-hmm. how you're trying to safeguard the heart it can't be done you can't love and fully experience love when you're still holding the heart hostage in a sense mm-hmm. so that's where we are fully responsible for how we show up next
0: yes yeah hopefully that that helps with people out there who are who are because I think yes. right now, especially with being isolated and quarantined, and I've heard of a lot of relationships that are not working out. Mm-hmm. Actually, a couple divorces in Bachelor Nation, which is, you know, where I come from, kind of shocking. So I know that this is a hard time for everybody. And and if you've been betrayed in the past, I feel like it makes it even harder. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. Lots of compassion for yourself. I think that's important and that's to sustain that is is difficult it's difficult but it's not insurmountable and you're worth it and it's about your capacity to love and that if you don't express that you won't truly know happiness again yeah. right so and that there are no guarantees ever and we're all under some false illusions if we think that there are because there's not right there are not For no sure. we love for as long as we can love the person that we're with, we keep choosing each other on a daily basis. Yes. Beyond that, there's no contracts. There's no. It's what because you're. It, I think that's just this understanding that it is organic. Mm-hmm. You know, it is organic, and people make choices all the time. But in this mo- now moment, you're choosing each other, and that's a beautiful thing. Through beautiful the thick thing. and the thin, through yes. the hard and the easy, it's it's walking. It's having your all your understanding of that.
0: Yeah. And I think going back to, you know, the relationship triumvirate, the the three, it's just as important to keep choosing yourself, you know, maybe, maybe even more important Mm -hmm. to continue to choose yourself and give yourself the grace and love that you deserve Mm because everyone does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in an article that you did or that you helped with on list.com, you talk about ways that you can end your day on a positive note. Can you share
1: what those are? writing your journal, 10 things. I always say this, I, I usually start clients, right? 10 gratitudes a day and mm. do a journal for a long period of time because it's fascinating to do it and see and not repeat yourself. So you're growing out the good in your life yes. throughout your day. Um, and what happens is when you start, you start working in subtleties after that, you're no longer the top 10 is not like my cat, my dog, like yeah. my children, <laughs> like it becomes more that, you know, I had a hot latte. I or my, I, I sat and watched the wind blow the trees, and that was like a moment of gratitude. And, and what's happening is in the moment when you're watching that, you're going, this is going to make the list today, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's a nice way to grow gratitude out on a daily basis and just create that frequency of gratitude in your life. So that would be one thing. And also... You know, doing breath work before you go to sleep mm. is, is really powerful to just clean and clear everything of the day and just breathing in, intentionally breathing out. And you could call it meditation, but you could just call it breath work.
0: Mm-hmm. And some
1: people are more amenable to that because we'll have contractions around the idea of meditation at times. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks they're not good at it. So it's just know that you're in good company. Everyone says that, but just doing some breath work, breath coming in, breath going out, breath coming in, breath going out. Notice the thought, come back to the breath. It's just super easy. You can set a timer for a minute or two. It's a great thing to do to just set a delineation between the busyness of the day and before you set yourself up for a restful night's sleep. You can repeat a phrase as you're drifting off to sleep because that you're moving into theta brainwaves and delta, which is sleep. And that's theta is when we upload new ideas to the subconscious. So as you're going to sleep and drifting off to sleep, you could say something like, you know, I am loved and God is good. Or I am, I am safe. And I'm excited about my day tomorrow Mm -hmm. or something like that. And you just and you drift off to sleep saying that. And that creates, that impregnates the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And so you're sleeping with that moving through your system and you will inevitably wake up and feel better. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. So those are those are some things. I love soaking off the day. I love intentionally getting in a tub or showering and just rinsing off, imagining all the worries and visualizing that going down the drain. Mm -hmm. So there's all these tricks and ways that you can bring yourself and ground yourself really quiet the mind.
0: I love that. I want to borrow that for my kids. I think washing the day off and just, uh, you know, especially if it was a bad day, my, my daughter's Mm -hmm. been having some friend drama. I think she Mm -hmm. would really relate to like just washing off the day, let it go down the drain and then (laughs) you're going to start a new tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Okay. So every episode, I have the same question for each guest. So the question is, How do you plan on or how do you hope to be better tomorrow?
1: Mm, I guess right now, because I'm working from home and I'm doing all these routine writing and podcasts and one-on-one clients, and I'm in the middle of a course, there's so much happening that I like to remember daily to try to slow down. And I hope every day I do better and better because some days I lay on my pillow and I'm like, wow, I just wasn't as present for my kids Mm. as I want to be. You know, in that moment that someone's like, I'll flash forward and saying, they're like, can you play Lego with me? And I'm like, not now, you know, yeah. and I'll do it at a later time. Like, how many not nows did I do?
0: Yeah, You know,
1: that's the part where I, to be, and if I'm doing it, am I thinking about something else? Like, am I really with them in that moment? And sometimes I have to practice, you know, breathing just to get out of my head and be with them in that time where they want to do slime ew who why who have said slime was a good thing who
0: invented it's, slime no, no kidding someone who did not have carpets this.
1: no <laughs> <laughs> it's in my sheets because I yeah. was six year old it's like why mm-hmm. you know these beautiful pottery barn sheets and they're like <laughs> yes. ruined you know So, anyway, so it's like doing that. that. Can I just be with that sensory moment with them? Can I really be present and not just check the box that I did this? You know, those, I guess that's the test for me. Can I balance all of it? And you know what? I'm not going to do that thing that moms do. I I don't like that because I have clients come through that I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. I can have this high functioning business and I'm not enough as a mom. Or, you know, I'm a mom, but I can't find my way and my purpose. Like it's, I try to give myself grace. Like you say, flow between the two. And some days it feels like some takes up a little, it's like elastic, you know, it takes up a little bit more than other days. And sometimes I'll string four days together. And it feels like I didn't do enough presence with the kids. And I try to use that kind voice, that loving voice that we talked about and just say, it's okay, honey, tomorrow you'll make a point tomorrow. And, you know, so I guess tomorrow, I'm going to say today because I still have half my day left. Yeah. today I'm going to bring presents to those moments that I have with them. I'm actually done with work today. Yay. You can go so, be present. <laughs> sorry, <we're> gonna, it's <laughs> snowing here. So I'm going to be going out and cross country skiing with my little ones. Where so I'm do excited. you live? I live in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's right. You said that
0: when yeah. we were talking before, because I live in Colorado. So yeah, the snow oh, is part of normal life.
1: Yeah, totally. Yep. <laughs> Where can people find you? I have an Instagram account. If you're on Instagram, it's Ryan Haddon coach. And then I also have my website, which is ryanhaddon.com.
0: Okay, great. Well, Ryan, this was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for just sharing your tips, your wisdom and your story. I'm definitely going to use a lot of it. I would love to, I know that you've put out some information on tapping. I definitely want to read up on on tapping and how I can utilize that personally in my life to be better tomorrow. And think that, oh, so many people are going to relate and be able to live happier lives with the wisdom that you've shared. So thank you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Just passing on what was freely given to me over the years. Thank you. So great. Thanks thank for having you. me.
0: Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I hope you feel a little better after having listened. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you're enjoying our show, please send it to a friend and put a little better into their lives. Also, if you would like to find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter Fan Page. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.